This episode of Rise Up is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. Minute with Mary, of course, is the place to get all of your beauty needs, cosmetic, maybe skincare, especially my 4D mascara. If you have not yet tried the 4D mascara, you're missing out. It gives you the look of false eyelashes. You know those pesky ones you have to glue on your eyeballs? Well, hopefully not your eyeballs, but you know what I'm talking about. It gives you that look, but no glue, no hassle. Not on your eyeballs. No, man. It's all good. And because you are a listener of Rise Up, you're a listener of Blake and mine, We want to make sure that you have an amazing discount. So what we're doing is every month, you're getting a special discount on a hot item. And this month that we're recording, September of 2019, it is the 40 Epic Mascara. Go to minutewithmary.com slash discount. I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Rise Up. It's a podcast dedicated to the smash Broadway hit Hamilton. So sit back, relax, and let's raise a glass to freedom. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. My name is Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I freaking love Hamilton. I was preparing for this episode today, and as I was on the way home, I was just crying in my car. And you want to know the worst part? You want to know the absolute worst part about it is? What? I'm listening to the soundtrack, and I'm, and you know, obviously, we're going to get into why, and we're going to play some sound for this episode. And I, I'm sitting there in my car on the highway on 95 in traffic. I'm sobbing in my car listening to one of these songs, and as I'm sobbing, I realize there's people around me, Yeah. and I look to my right, and I look to my left, there are two people staring at me (laughs) as I'm sobbing to one of these songs, and all I wanted to do was crawl in a hole and die. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm glad you didn't. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty incredible. I realized that I was not in my bubble. I was not in my, the comfort of my own home. I was in the very public area <laughs> listening to Hamilton crying. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, gracious! I'm awesome. Well, you're like here. That. You're here now, and you're all good, my friend. Yes, we're here. We're here to do uh, another good episode. Well, another good, not good, but hopefully fantastic episode of Rise Up Hamilton. And today. You know, as you see in the title of this episode, we're going to be talking about Hamilton himself, mm-hmm. the character, not the history of it or the 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 story of it. We're not going to be talking about why Burr is the could well at least could be the main character of the story. We are giving props to Hamilton, the character himself, and why he is just such an amazing character. Why yes. he works. Why. As much as I love Burr, Hamilton makes the story go as well, mm-hmm. and I think it's a lot of fun. I, I've been I've been looking forward. This is like, as I said in the last episode, like the Burr episode was the real reason why I want to do this podcast. But this is like, <laughs> this is like one B. Yeah, this episode I was. I really loved it. I'm, I, w- I was so excited about it. Well, yeah. before we dive into this episode, we want to, of course, remind you that you can subscribe to this podcast. You can find Blake and I on all sorts of social media. All you have to do is search Mary and Blake and head to maryandblake.com to find all of our other podcasts and blogs. 
Ladies and gentlemen, you could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with us in New York City. Are you ready for a cabinet meeting? Huh? The issue on the table. Well, today we're talking about why Alexander Hamilton is a broken but sympathetic main character that seems to have all the answers, but none that fix the problems he faces throughout his life. Plus, why he seems to be his own worst enemy. And you know, I feel like that should be the hashtag for being a freaking adult. <laughs> what, are you, what are you trying to tell me here? I'm talking about me. You're your own worst enemy? Yep, probably you listening right now. You're like nodding your head. You're like, yeah, I am my own worst enemy. Well, maybe some of you may actually have like a real worst enemy. You have a nemesis. I might have an an, an enemy. An, an, an enemy? An enema? You have <laughs> no, an enema? An, an enemy. Isn't that what like clownfish live in? <laughs> I have no it's idea. It's a sea creature that has like oogity boogities coming out of the top of it and it stings Wait, things. what comes out of the top of it? Oogity boogities. Okay, good. Um, yeah. <laughs> you have a nemesis. You have an arch nemesis. Which we, one? We, well, uh, well, yes, that's <laughs> I right. a couple. You have a couple. Well, I have what, one from college who yes. was my nemesis and like I still like shudder when I think about him. Um and then you have one that may or may not be related to me. Yes. <laughs> that <laughs> may or may not be in my life every single day. You know, it's okay. Yes. It's all right. Because, you know, hashtag adulting. You learn to give uh, give a lot less care about people who are enemies because you're dealing with your own bloody self. Because okay? you're your own worst enemy. You get in your own way. You stay up all night and you worry about things. You push yourself sometimes way too much so then you end up overdoing it. And that is a huge aspect of our main character, Alexander Hamilton's faults. I wanted to know, do you really, do you honestly think that Hamilton is his own worst enemy in this story or is it Burr? Is it Jefferson? Is it Madison? Is it James Monroe? Or is Hamilton himself his 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 own undoing? What do you think about that? Yeah, it's all him. In, it's all his own fault, man. Let's be real. Like from from the show perspective, Jefferson could have been anybody else. I mean, Monroe could have been anybody else. Right. Burr, yes, was kind of in many ways his equal, but like that wasn't necessarily his undoing, except for the whole shooting him part, which kind of stunk. Yeah, that's kind of a big. That's kind of a big deal. You know, like let's be real. Let's be real. Alexander messed up his life when he took out his pecker. Okay, and he pecked somebody else in a little poke spot. All right, you know what I'm talking about. He pecks someone else in a poke spot. Trying to be careful because sometimes I listen to podcasts and I have the kids in the car. Oh, man, oh, he but took you know, out his like, pecker. His, his schmeckle, if you Martha will. Washington's Tomcat was named after him for a reason, my friends. That's true. That is, for that a is, reason. That is quite true. And in and but more importantly, though, yeah, the, the schmeckle may have come out. The schmeckle. But w- why did the schmeckle come out? What what <sighs> is what is the reasoning behind it? What I mean, is I that? can I can get into it as a female. No, okay. no, no. I know the reason why, but I'm saying the the deep down, the deep rooted thing. Because he thought, well. He thought he was invincible. Right. And that is the whole part of this, that he thought that he uh, was capable of doing many things. And yep. that and, and his hubris got in the way. He done messed up, he man. He thought he could do it and hide it and thought it wouldn't become a big deal. And mm-hmm. it did. 
But that isn't just the one thing that makes his career fall apart. I mean, he himself it makes that his whole career fall apart by being too loud, by being too brash, by saying the wrong things to the wrong people, by saying the wrong things to the right people. He caused all of these issues. And in this episode today, I think, will hopefully be a deconstruction of what Hamilton does to create these problems, not just, yeah, he took Schmeckel out, which is mm-hmm. in it itself an issue. But no, it's more like, why? And how does that make a compelling character for you to engage with and be a part of? Now, would you say that Hamilton is an engaging part of this? Like, do, do you find Hamilton as an, an engaging character? Do I find him engaging? Yes. Yeah, betcha. Now, why do you find him engaging? Just someone who appreciates the show and loves the music. Is, is it the music? Is it the dancing? Or is it the character himself? Um, why? Let's see. I mean, okay. So, I think he'd be kind of a... I would not be Alexander Hamilton's friend in real life. Okay, if I had to sit, I feel like Alexander Hamilton and I would have like been in the same class in high school and I would have been like, oh my, I would have been Burr. Stop. <laughs> Stop talking. Stop talking. <laughs> Talk less. Okay, man. That would have been me. I don't think I would have liked Alexander Hamilton. And Probably that's not. me. Yes. Um, I am like a bit of a contrarian when it comes to like hanging out and wanting to hang out with the popular kids or like the hot guy on campus, the fancy mm-hmm. schmancy person. Those people annoy me. Yes. In case you guys haven't realized, I married Blake. Which is why she married me. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, like, a real beer drinking I'm like, get know, me dork. like a normal guy who just sits in the back, is quiet, drinks his beer, likes sports. Play some Madden. Like, it, just a chill out guy. It was not going to be like Mr. Talks a lot. Because I think that's me. I think that's a problem. No, that, I think yeah, you are Hamilton. I, yeah, yeah. That's the problem, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, would, I don't like myself. <laughs> but like, I think you have some deep-rooted issues. Oh, completely. Well, well you know, it's funny. I... I, I watch the show I listen to the music and um, you know there must be so many great psychological deep studies on why he pushed himself after many years of therapy for myself I know many of the reasons why I push myself nonstop is because I didn't get recognition as a child because my parents were taking care of a handicapped child so I just felt like this this voiceless person in a world whereas Alexander Hamilton you know he was orphaned Mm -hmm. he literally like he knew to be somebody to get out of the disastrous situations that he lived in growing up, mm-hmm. he had to go big because <laughs> there was no home to go to. And I don't think he ever learned that he could stop. You know, it's funny that you say this because the more and more that you start talking about it and the more that I hear you talk about it, yes. Mary, the more that I realize that you are absolutely Alexander Hamilton and I am absolutely Aaron Burr. 100%, one, like without a doubt, I'm telling you, man, they could have been besties. They definitely, they could have been married, apparently. Hey. <laughs> they could have a podcast. Hey. 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 <laughs> but, you know, you bring up something really important, which is Hamilton himself is not inherently likable. Like, he... Like, if he wasn't dancing, if he wasn't singing, if he, if he wasn't like, whatever you do, Monticello, like, if he wasn't like, oh my God, you're so funny... 
if you had to put up with this jabroni who wouldn't shut up. Okay, you know when you go to those staff meetings and there is that person who's like, I'm going to talk and not stop. That was Alexander Hamilton, guys. <laughs> he didn't get your like shuffle, your cough. You're like, oh, look at the time. He didn't get that. Right. Because he didn't care. And I, I'm not like that. I um, mean, sometimes I am. Yeah, I you are. You are. You are. You are. And I, th- this comes from a place of peace and love. I'm like thinking back to the to the open house meeting that we just had with the entire classroom. Oh my and our god! T-shirt. Oh my god! I just wanted to crawl in a hole once again and die. When I told her, please don't listen to our son when he says he wants to buy lunch. <laughs> the, 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 we the packed te- him lunch. The teacher says, okay, does anybody have questions? Now, okay, what I want you to understand, my dear listener, is that as soon as the teacher said, hey, does any, we're in a room full of, I don't know, 20 adults. And as soon as the teacher says, does anybody have any questions? There was about a second and a half worth of time where in my brain I said, "I can't believe this question just happened." Which I one? know I. The, I'm going to ask the, a couple. The, uh, the does anybody have questions? Because <laughs> I know within that one and a half seconds worth of time, my wife's Rolodex. Which one do I want? There's so many to choose from. It was like slow motion. I I I went through the whole process of being like, I know my wife is going to raise her hand and what I'm going to do is I'm going to look away and I'm going to pretend that she's not my wife because I don't want to have this question geared towards you me even know in which any one way. Was be. I didn't know any of the questions, but I went through a whole bunch of them. It was like, I got a good one. It was like 10 minutes worth of thought in about a second and a half. And as soon as it, wouldn't you know, boom, my wife's hand goes right up and says, hi, hi. Why are first graders allowed to order lunch when they don't have money and they just start a tab? How she, do we prevent this from happening? And she just kept talking and she kept talking and she kept because talking. Because my son has a lunch pack room telling every the single teacher day. Not to listen but to him. But he's starting a tab. So please don't listen to my son because not only does he start a tab for himself, but he also buys lunch for his friends. Oh my you know what he's that guy at the bar like, drinks for everybody. <laughs> Chocolate milk for everybody. You want a bagel bag? You want you want some pizza? I got oh you some pizza, God. man. So yeah, I basically like sat there and you know, I did it and some people chuckled and I was like, Oh good But I, my wife talked witty. so much. She talked so much that nobody else had a question. It was just Oh, Mary's I thought that question. nobody had a question. No, 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 no. You just did enough talking for oh, everybody. No. I just was like, Wow, these people have nothing to contribute. And you, oh and, no. Okay. And that reaction right there is the perfect reason why you are likable, my love. Because it doesn't come from a place of being bad or being stupid or being like overly talkative or whatever. It comes from a place because you're a human. That is part of who you are, right? Yeah. And that is the reason why people engage with Hamilton because we talk about a lot of great things about you, my love, that you are music, like you are a musical savant. You put a, 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 an instrument in front of you and you can play it. You're great at podcasting. You're great at business and you're this beautiful, strong, tall, excellent woman. Yeah, These are all things that are your armor. These are the things that make you great. But there are moments <laughs> when all that armor goes away and you're naked for just a half a second. Not literally naked, but you're emotionally naked for a Ooh. half a second. Yeah. And you <laughs> you word vomit everywhere about how your kid buys lunch for other kids. Blah, blah, blah. That is 
likable because that is human. Somebody sees who you are. And the same thing goes for Hamilton. He has all of these great things. He's like, oh, man, you know, I shouldn't brag, but man, I am amazing and astonished. I am smart. I'm doing all of these things. I, I have, you know, there's a million things I haven't done, but just you wait. And he's writing and he's going out there and he's bringing up money and we, we're going to change America and for the first time I'm thinking past tomorrow, yada yada. All of these things are great. These are what make Hamilton great. But in order to make him a likable character, you have to have him be emotionally naked, at least at first. There has to be something other than all this bravado that yeah. makes him Likeable. You have to introduce that main character, your hero. They have to go on. They can't be 100% perfect or content or whatever. They have to start from a place somewhere that is almost insecure, and you have to get it relatively quick in order for you to embrace that character. And how do you make this historical figure, someone who has been dead for hundreds of years, how do you make that person engaging and the first bit the first bit that's engaging actually happens in the in the song amidst all the bravado of my shot that first bit of mary talking to the teacher about yeah. lunch happens like this bird check what we got mr lafayette hard rock like lancelot i think your pants look hot lawrence i like you a lot let's hatch a plot blacker than the kettle calling the pot what are the odds of god you put us all in one spot Show me where the ammunition is. Oh, am I talking too loud? Sometimes I get overexcited. Shoot off at the mouth. I never had a group of friends before. I promise that I'll make y'all proud. Right there. That's it. So precious. That insecurity. That, oh my God. I, I just, I, I just I started talking. I just word vomited I just everywhere. Pulled a Mary. I, I pulled, just pulled a Mary. I just pulled a Mary Larson. That, that that's that one little bit of insight into that character where you're like oh, there it is i can i can glom onto that i that is mine i have been in that situation where i have talked too much and i have done too much and i said oh boy yeah that that yep shouldn't have done that you know and that that insecurity of knowing i've never had friends before i've never done any of this you as a person can can reach into that and say, I can get into that character. And that is the beginning of what Hamilton is really like. But it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there for that character. That that moment where you discover that Hamilton is a good character. Now you have a bunch of songs in the meantime, yeah. right? You have a bunch of songs, as I'm pulling it up right now on my phone, you have a bunch of songs in between um where is it? Uh, my Shot and the next song that I want to play. You have My Shot, The Story of Tonight, The Schuyler Sisters. You get introduced to The Schuyler Sisters, The Farmer Refuted. You get the idea of what Hamilton is all about and his politics. Uh, you have You Will Be Back, which is the king. You have The Right Hand Man, where Hamilton meets George Washington for the first time and he becomes his right hand man. The Winter's Ball, when he meets The Schuyler Sisters, helpless, satisfied. We both know what those songs are about. The Story of Tonight, when after they get married, Stay alive when he's at war. The Ten Duel Commandments with the first duel. Meet me inside after the duel. And then we come upon the part where Hamilton finally shows the real, the real armor coming off. It's, the, it's not just I'm a person and I, I word vomit everywhere. It's 
I'm a person who is deeply insecure. Mm-hmm. Everything about my life is about insecurity. Now, do you know, my love, which one I'm going to play right now? No. No, you don't. That's okay. That's okay. Sorry. Because this is a song that got me heavily invested into this show. Look around, look around at how lucky we are to be alive right now. Will you relish being a poor man's wife, unable to provide for your life? I relish being your wife. That's it right there. That is it. There's something here. There's something more than power or money or being a general or fighting under Washington about his politics, about his trying to change the National Bank or create the National Bank. There's a real sense of insecurity and inadequacy here. Would you relish being a poor man's wife? And her trying to tell him, I relish being your wife. This is the emotional anchor that we have to go on. We This is the emotional anchor that we have to adhere ourselves to when it comes to Hamilton. Now, did you find having, did you find yourself having, this, having the same reaction about the song that I did? No, because when it comes to money, <coughs> I'm different than Alexander Hamilton in regards right. to that is, you know, what he says, that's him being naked, that's him being raw. I'm so embarrassed that I'm a poor man. That's his big concern and worry. Um, I feel like in my relationship with my husband, I'm Eliza. You know what I mean? Like, money is not the big thing. To me, though, when I do have those, you know, self doubts and I have just those anxious thoughts, it's more about, you know, am I a good mom? Am I a good wife? You know, just a lot of those kind of things. So I appreciate his self-doubt mm-hmm. but in this topic it hit me more from Eliza's perspective right and that's the part I think that is not it's not just about money it's would you relish being a poor man's wife yes that line itself is about money but it's more about the idea that Hamilton himself within the society is societally poor I mean mm-hmm. he is he doesn't have a lot of cachet. He's just general the Washington secretary. He's he's all of this stuff. He just got kicked out of the war. He doesn't have anything. And that insecurity is what he's talking about. He is poor in emotional security. Mm-hmm. It, and Eliza saying to him, it's not, I relish being your wife. That, yeah, that, that's that's all is, that man. matters. Just you and me and that's that. And that. Mm-hmm. And this is when we get to the meat of the story because the meat of the story, this is where it, it really truly begins. And we have all of the songs prior to it's. It's probably about, let's see, uh, it is, we have 16 songs before this. So we're about halfway through act one or two-ish. Mm-hmm. We're like right about act two. To, uh, well, in terms of the story itself, not not the physical acts of the play. Like mm-hmm. there's only one, there's only two acts. But within the story itself, this is probably the beginning of Act Two. Um, we get to the real meat, the the real reason. I think we're all here, which is what is Hamilton's trajectory? What is the point? Why are we all here watching this? And I think it begins here. I don't pretend to know. Challenges you're facing, the world you keep erasing and creating in your mind. But I'm not 
don't need a legacy. We don't need money. If I could grant you peace of mind, if you could let me inside your heart, oh, let me be a part of the narrative in the story they will write someday. Let this moment be the first chapter where you decide to stay. So, do you see where I'm getting at with yeah. this emotion? Um, a lot of the times, I like to refer to it as emotional math. When you are posed with a story, the what you're watching, any show, any good television show, or mm-hmm. any good Broadway hit, or any CD, really, or anything, it's about a journey, and that journey has to encompass change. That change is why we're watching. We're seeing one person start from one thing and end up as another thing. And in between is a story and you have a result. It's like a, it's a, it's like a, a, like a math equation. Like we, we just had a frigging common core. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. We just had common core math homework with our son Mm -hmm. and it was brutal. Mary and I looked at it. We were like, what the hell is this? You can't change math. Math is math. But the idea is you and I, Mary could do a problem in our heads. What is 10 minus five or how do you get to a hundred from 10, whatever. And in the way that we did math, it would be one way. And it was this very simple thing with common core. Now it's, you have to take five and subtract it from 10 and move up and then go by hundreds and do the little hoops and the loops and the dupes and the, and everything. And you got to show your work. And here's the thing. We could still give the right answer with our old version of math, Mm -hmm. but the same, even though you got the answer with common core, now it's, if you don't do it that way, even if you get the right answer, your your problem is still incorrect. Yeah. No matter what. If you didn't do it the stupid hoopty doopty loopty circle way. Circle you put the ten put in the bubbles and you know, and you're doing the hoopty doopty you're it's gonna be wrong. So the way I look at it is when you're watching something with change you have to get the emotional math right. Yes, you can have a result, but if you don't see the work, mm-hmm. if you're not doing the hoopty doopty, the emotional math is not going to add no. up. So this is the beginning of our problem. This is the beginning of our equation. Will you be enough with me? Will I be enough for you? Is this enough? Can you do this with me? We could be enough. That's the beginning of the equation. And from here, the idea that Lin-Manuel Miranda has to do is he has to torture the hell out of Alexander Hamilton to make him change. He has to torture the hell out of him. And like in awful, awful ways, right? In what way do you think Lin tortures Hamilton the worst way it, in what way is it I, I'm the finding worst? it weird that you're calling it Lynn like I'm trying to figure out 
well because it's know, still like it's, it's real life or yeah like it's, the it's, real thing it's real life but Lynn manuel has to write this story to fit his own narrative so regardless of whatever really happened in real life we're just talking about the story here right so in in the story of hamilton the broadway hit yeah in what way do you think Lynn writes it so that he is tortured most because that's the idea you have to inflict change on someone who is who you would already think is very smart who I mean, is powerful I think, yeah I think he's tortured the most when Philip dies I don't I don't think that you're wrong I actually I think you're you're quite right I think that's his probably his lowest point like when he when he like admits everything in the Reynolds pamphlet mm-hmm. he is in the show like whatevs I did it it sucks, but at least I'm going to be the one that brings out the truth, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, he feels bad for Eliza. And even in the show, when he's like talking with his son, his son's like, yeah, dad, someone was talking smack about you because, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of stink. You slept with my mom. He's like, okay, no problem, man. Here's my guns. Um, I think that it is. It's when he loses Philip. And he, you know, of course says, I would have traded lives with you. That's when I think it hit him. Right, 100%. And... The idea here too is it's kind of like when you have <coughs> excuse me I've been I've been sick for the past couple of days so I'm I'm going to be coughing a little bit here um, when you have it's kind of like um, hmm how do I want to put this it's kind of like Job mm. you know Job has everything and Satan comes in says you know what I don't Job really know what story you're talking. Job, the idea of Job and God and and Satan and Satan comes in and says, Job has everything and that's why he loves you so much. And God says, well, I'll take everything away from him. And he'll still love me because he's Job. I don't know this Job story. I know all these other like obscure Bible stories and I don't know Job. Remember Job is the rich farmer and God comes in and then God's like, okay, you can you can take over Job, Satan. You can have him. You can do whatever the hell no. you want to him. And he gives him boils and he Ew. and he takes he takes away all of his crops. He takes away all of his money. Yeah. And he keeps asking Job, do you still love God? And Job stands by God. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love God. I love God. And then Satan finally gives up and says, oh my God. Jeez, God, like, he loves you. And and then, of course, God rewards Job and gives it all back to him and takes away his boils and the whole thing. And that's kind of what you do, I think, as a com- for a compelling lead character. You have to give him the Job treatment a little okay. bit. You have to take him and boil him down. You have to break down everything that happens. And you have to break down all of his strengths or her strengths and make them the worst things that they are. Like that one flaw that Hamilton has is that he is driven. And that's why we call this episode nonstop. Mm -hmm. Because Hamilton is driven. And that drive is what makes him great. Yeah, But it also is his real big flaw. And that drive is what... propels all of this stuff another one that i that we actually just talked about before this episode was inside out the movie inside out pixar yes joy sadness and what did we talk about my love before we started recording how joy the character of joy um you know of course bubbly amazing happy but she is her own undoing she is trying to keep up this perfection so much and not let sadness take control at all or not even share it um that she's so focused on her own plan that actually that is what ends up kind of eroding the emotional state of uh riley right joy in trying to do what she does best makes riley 
the worst version of herself. Mm-hmm. And and the way that they portrayed it in the movie was brilliant with the emotional, I'm sorry, with uh, the emotions and the orbs of memories and but also the islands, the island, the Riley's Islands, the mm-hmm. family island and the hockey island and the goofball island. And as joy keeps traversing through Riley's mind, each island breaks and deadens and falls apart so much so that she gets on a bus, spoiler alert, and she is emotionally dead. She is depressed and she gets on a bus to get away from her parents and not until the, the emotion of sadness finally takes control does Riley realize, oh my God, I'm doing the wrong thing here. I messed up. And I have to go back to my parents. Mm-hmm. It, Joy was the one who created that problem, right? Yeah. And Hamilton, in his own way, creates all of his own problems. His own drive is what leads him to work too hard. His own drive is what leads him to cheat on his wife. His own drive is what leads him is what leads Burr to do what he does in the rest of the play. His own drive is what leads Jefferson to do what he does mm-hmm. in the rest of of the play. And the here's the beautiful part about Hamilton the character, he thinks he's right the whole time. He thinks he's doing the right thing. Isn't that the worst? The whole time. And, thing. and I don't have to say that. Hamilton tells you himself. I wrote my way to revolution I was louder than the crack in the bell I wrote Eliza Love letters until she fell I wrote about the constitution And defended it well And in the face of ignorance and resistance I wrote financial systems into existence And when my prayers to God Were met with indifference I picked up a pen I wrote my own deliverance In the eye of a hurricane There is quiet For just a moment I was 12 when my mother died She was holding me We were sick and she was holding me I couldn't seem to die Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it I'll write my way down Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it Write everything down far as I can see I'll write my way down Overwhelm them with honesty This is the eye of the hurricane This is the only way I can protect my legacy The Reynolds pamphlet And that's it, the Reynolds pamphlet What we talked uh, about earlier in, the, yes. in, the, in this episode The Reynolds pamphlet is what sets all of these things in motion to lead to his to Hamilton's downfall mm-hmm. But it's not just the Reynolds pamphlet It's everything that he has done up until this point that causes the Reynolds pamphlet. It's not that the fact that he cheated on Eliza. Mm-hmm. It's that drive. He worked so hard to get what he wants, to have his own legacy, that he abandoned his wife. Mm-hmm. He abandoned his children. He stayed in Washington. He was tired. He, he was uh, he was miserable. He, you'd never seen an immigrant down on his luck so much. There was trouble in the air. You could smell it. And it was just at that moment he meets Mariah Reynolds. And it sets off the rest of the play, which would be him falling apart and 
uh, Jefferson and Burr getting in the middle of it, the election of 1800, uh, the eventual stuff with Burr and the, the, at least according to this way that this play is written, Burr and the, um, the duel and mm-hmm. his eventual death. This is all the precipice right here. This is it. And as a main character, he he has been given everything. He has been made uh, wealthy. He has been given a, a woman that loves him in the story. He has children that love him and want to please him mm-hmm. and look up to him. He has been made General Washington's and then eventually President Washington's right-hand man. He becomes the Secretary of the Treasury. He makes the National Bank. He makes the deal to yes. make Washington yes. the capital. He is... He, he creates Wall Street single-handedly. He does everything. And it's all ripped away. Mm-hmm. And it's ripped away one by one by one. And this is what makes this character tortured. This is what makes this character um, empathetic. You have empathy mm-hmm. for Hamilton because you've seen him at his greatest. He, he A hurricane came and destroyed his town. He could never, ever go back. Right. That's it. He went to America and changed his life. He became what he became, and then it all gets ripped away. Washington dies, and that's the thing. As a storyteller, I think the the beauty, the beautiful part is not only does Lin Manuel Miranda torture Hamilton, but he does it in these really terrible, sadistic ways that I that I totally appreciate. Which meaning meaning this: Alexander is fatherless. He's poor. He is loveless. But for Lin-Manuel, that's that's not enough. He eventually marries the girl he loves. He works so hard to give them the life that he wants. He talks about his legacy, the drive for his legacy. Mm-hmm. It's the only way I can protect my legacy is writing this pamphlet. Like I said, he meets Washington, becomes the right-hand man. Everything in his hands is right there. He's a leader. He's secured his legacy. But Hamilton's hyper-focus is his undoing. He cheats on his wife. He causes their marriage to fall apart. His legacy with his wife is dead. But that's not enough again. It's not enough. Washington, the, his surrogate father, mm-hmm. dies. He gets ripped away from Washington. Wait, when did Washington die? Well, he, he leaves the presidency and then he eventually dies. When was that covered <laughs> well, at the end of the play, they say, oh, Washington's on the other side. He's waiting for yes. me. Yes. Right. So Washington dies. But, okay. Before- <laughs> In what song, aside from that, do we find out that Washington's dead? No, you don't find out in the song, in the play. It's, it's, I mean, I know he's been dead for hundreds right. of years. But it's, it's inherent. Still- it's, it's, like it's, um, it's alluded to in the fact that... Yeah, he's all dressed in white at the he's end. He's dressed in white at the end, and as as Hamilton is walking up, there Washington's on the other side. He okay. Washington dies before, but more importantly, Washington gives up being the presidency, giving up gives up being the president. So Hamilton doesn't have that backing anymore. That surrogate father that he always needed and always wanted is gone. Adams fires him because he won't shut up. He's no longer the leader of the the Federalist party but again miranda knows that that's not enough that's not enough torture miranda for them. knows miranda oh. manuel miranda knows okay. that this is not enough for him people talk about alexander after he cheats people talk about his marriage 
t- say that he's a scoundrel. Yeah, because he was. And Philip, his son, hears it. And just like his dad, he is full of pride and wants to impress his dad, just like how Alexander wanted to impress George Washington. Mm-hmm. And his son, Philip, his pride and joy suffers from the same flaw, his hubris. And he gets himself into a fight and then eventually into into a duel. Dumb. And he dies. Dumb. And he takes the one thing that Alexander is really proud about after his after his political career and takes it away. But even then, once again, that's not enough. The real sad part, <laughs> the real sad part, that what's not bad enough is that he Alexa- that Alexander has to die in the same way. And he has to die in the same manner right near where his son dies. Mm. That, in and of itself, that is the irony. That's the ironic part that makes Hamilton such a great lead. Mm-hmm. Because he's been tortured and and things given and then ripped away so much. He's been beaten to the core. And he's... And he's and and he's fallen apart so much that you can't help but feel for him. You can't help but feel for him after his son has died and he realizes, holy shit. Hey, kids, Sorry. be listening. You're right. Holy smokes. My wife, Eliza, was right the whole time. The journey that he's gone on wasn't about legacy. The journey wasn't about all this other stuff. It was, his journey was, was, well, it was this. Look at where we are. Look at where we started. We're going to start crying. I know I don't deserve you, Eliza. But hear me out, that would be enough. If I could spare his life. If I could trade his life for mine. He'd be standing here right now. And you would smile, and that would be enough I don't pretend to know The challenges we're facing I know there's no replacing what we've lost And you need time But I'm not afraid I know who I married Just let me stay here by your side So it's it's not it, this portion here. It, there's a reason why at the beginning of this story, when she is talking to him about, could we be enough? Could this be enough? Stop worrying about legacy. Stop worrying about money. Stop worrying about all the things that you're trying to create. It's not coincidence that at the end of the play, he takes those exact words and reapplies them to her. I know who I married, and I'm so sorry. I know I don't deserve it, but you are enough. He's learned his lesson. His journey 
He's completed and he's been mm-hmm. tortured so much. He's been brought to the bone so much mm-hmm. that that we see that we see that journey in the emotional math. The emotional math oh, look adds at you up. You coming back to the emotional math, man? The emotional math adds up, and you know what? The emotional math especially adds up. And this is when I started really crying on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> the emotional math adds up when you hear this. There are moments that the words don't reach. There's a grace too powerful to name. We push away what we can never understand. We push away the unimaginable. They are standing in the garden. Alexander by Eliza's side. She takes his hand. It's quiet uptown. Forgiveness. When, she's, when she says it's quiet uptown. <laughs> it gives me chills. You believe her. All that's implied in that one phrase, mm-hmm. the whole journey they've gone on, yeah. the, the creating everything that they created, living everything that they've lived, their son dying, all of it. It's all encompassed in this one phrase. And when she says that, you are crying because mm-hmm. the emotional math adds up. It makes sense. You've been through that journey with them. Yeah. And that's why Hamilton is a perfect lead. Just as much as Burr is a perfect antagonist, Hamilton is just as much the perfect lead. But that's not the end of the journey. No. No, it's not the end of the journey. And he has to die. Because he has to die. And he dies. And he chooses. And this is the worst part because as much as the emotional math adds up for you and for me and for most of the audience at the end of this play, we're all sobbing and as I'm crying on the highway, Hamilton then again chooses once more Burr after this. He chooses Burr because of his legacy still. He knows that legacy is still important. It's still an important part to him. But he doesn't yet realize the importance of that legacy and the real reason why his legacy will exist. It's not until he sees the bullet coming towards him we have this great moment when the girl that's on stage catches the bullet and it's walking towards him. And he talks about... Which for people who haven't seen it, they don't even know. Spoiler alert, yes. Um, The torture so far has been so exquisite (laughs) and everything and the relief that you get from Eliza when she says it's quiet uptown and you realize that Hamilton has gone back on that again and he's Mm -hmm. going back to Burr and they're doing the duel and they're trying to fight and they realizes that I'm next to my son where he dies. It's so pertinent in his life. But then he realizes as that bullet's coming, maybe I did it all wrong. The entire time. Mm-hmm. I imagine death so much it feels more like a memory. Is this where it gets me? On my feet, several feet ahead of me. I see it coming. Do I run or fire my gun or let it be? There is no beat, no melody. Burr, my first friend, my enemy. Maybe the last face I ever see. If I throw away my shot, is this how you remember me? What if this bullet is my legacy? Legacy. What is a legacy? It's planting seeds in a garden you never get to see. 
I wrote some notes at the beginning of a song someone will sing for me. America, you great unfinished symphony, you sent for me. You let me make a difference. A place where even orphan immigrants can leave their fingerprints and rise up. I'm running out of time, I'm running and my time's up. Wise up, eyes up. I catch a glimpse of the other side. Lawrence leads a soldier's chorus on the other side. My son is on the other side. He's with my mother on the other side. Washington is watching from the other side. Teach me how to say goodbye. Rise up, rise up, rise up, Eliza. My love, take your time. I'll see you on the other side. Raise a glass to freedom. That's it. That's when he realizes his legacy isn't just the bank. It's not just the politics. It's everything. nothing that you do. Mm-hmm. Your legacy isn't created while you're here. It's just seeds. And all the things that you leave behind are like the emotional relationships. Notice he talks about the people that he is seeing on the other side. Mm-hmm. Those are all people that he had relationships with. That's the legacy. That's that's the whole point. And when he sees, he, he talks to Eliza, he's, take your time. It's okay. I'll see you on the other side. And and he raises a glass to not a bank, not, uh, not um, Washington, D.C., but he raises it to an ideal. Raise a glass to freedom. Freedom is the legacy. Freedom, the love and freedom, the relationships are the legacies that he's left behind. Mm. And uh, that is his journey. He may have chosen Burr again, but he sees what the whole idea is, which is the relationships of his, the legacy of his relationships. And that's why he's a perfect lead. And that, oh, my lady. Are you all crying? <laughs> I am. So uh, that is a uh, a relatively, you know, okay breakdown of Alexander Hamilton, the, the main character. And, uh, it, it, you know, not bad. Not bad for uh, whatever, you know? Right. <laughs> I'm sure if Lin-Manuel Miranda was listening, he'd be like, dude, you got it all wrong. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> Lin, if you're listening, please let me know. I, I'll, I'll, MaryandBlakeMedia at gmail.com. Let me know. And I'm happy to talk with you about it. <laughs> so what do you think? What do you think as, uh, as, as, um, as Hamilton looks I into love... the future and the wants and the needs of his legacy? Love it. I love it. Yeah, because I feel like that's all of us when when we die. You get caught up in so many things. You get caught up in 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 life and what you need in your bank accounts and and we all do it. I do it. I do it. I'm doing it now. I'm thinking about our bank account as we as we talk about this and like how do we get more money and how do we do the, how do we live our lives so that we can have the kind of lives that we want. But really, ultimately, it doesn't really matter. It, what what matters is is the relationships that we foster. Mm-hmm. Because who lives, who dies, who tells your story? It's the people, not these things. These things will go away. Mm-hmm. It's the people that will tell your story. Mm-hmm. Right? You you hit it, and that's it. Boom. I can't. I'll take it. I'm crying. All right, you ready to... Uh, <laughs> now, you, now you know why I was crying on the highway in the car. And unless people be looking at you. People are staring at me. Saying, what is going on? What are you doing, bro? <laughs> Get your life together. Oh my goodness. Uh, all right, let's run to close out the show. You bet. Let's do it. You'll be back soon, you'll see. 
Do you guys dance? Because Blake and I like dance and we like swerve because that song is just so fun. That was the song that first got us both like hooked in the, yeah. in the regards of like, oh, this is sing alongable. I just want to like sing this to my sing alongable. Except it's uh something I shouldn't really sing to my kids, but they do. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for tuning in to this latest episode of Rise Up. We truly want to thank all of the Outlander cast patrons who made this podcast possible. You guys are amazing. We love that you're total nerds with us who love historical stories, historical fiction. You love Hamilton. Hey, this hey. is it, man. Hey. hey, hey, hey. And thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in. And let us know your thoughts. How do you feel about Hamilton? Would you have been his friend? Are you like Hamilton? Seriously, shoot us a message. Or are you like me and like Burr? Yeah, seriously. Like, there's people out there who are like, oh, I don't know if I should message you. Like, I don't know if I'm going to come off kind of weird. And I'm like, no, guys, we are like clansmen. Like, seriously. You're we, our clan. You are literally our clan. We are weirdos right along with you. We are real deal, bleeding, breathing, human beings who are sitting in our basement talking about Hamilton <laughs> geeking out so if you are sitting in your car laughing crying people are looking at you reach out to us Mary and Blake on social media and, and let I, us know and I would like to know too if you like Hamilton the character better or do you like Burr the character better Ooh, like would that, have been your Biffle like yeah that, that would be that would be an interesting poll to take then maybe we'll do that on Mary and Blake Facebook Oh, maybe Instagram. I don't know. I Now that we got Instagram, oh who knows? Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. You're right. We are on Instagram. <laughs> we're everywhere. We're, 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 we're so we're, we're so important, really. Well, That's what it comes down you to. You want to know what it comes down to? What? We got to close the show soon because I have to pee so badly. Uh, all right. Let's close it You up. know what I did? What? I'm, I got like a new cup, guys, and uh, it's beautiful, and I filled it up, and I drank the whole thing while we were it's like, podcasting. It's like 30 ounces. So on that note, I'm Mary. My name is Blake. And rise up. <laughs>